0: God, would you speak to us now as we crack your scriptures, as we read words that maybe we've heard a hundred times or maybe they're brand new to us, but would your spirit animate them, bring life to them? Give us a picture of the people that you're inviting us to be and a picture of the power uh, that you invite us to be a part of that takes us to those places to change your world, to be a part of what you're doing. Speak to us. Amen. Why don't you take a minute? Greet those around you before you sit down, shake a hand, throw a high five. And if you're in junior high, grade six, seven, or eight, you can head to the youth room. Good morning. So we're now officially deeper into January. I don't want you, but January starts to get a little busier. Even though it's winter and you you don't want to go out, it seems to kind of pick up a bit. Around our house it's picked up because my wife, uh, Megan, is part of something called the Artist Project. So this is a a project that's been going on for a number of years. She's been part of it for a couple of years. And it happens in a better living center down in Toronto. And it has like 1,500 artists all come together. And it's a, it's a great thing for her as an artist just to be able to, to get away and to spend some time in her booth meeting people, showing her art to people. Um, a great experience. People love her art. Here's a picture of her, her booth last year. Um, that thistle picture seems to kind of draw people in. And, and I love seeing her as her husband. I love seeing her kind of in a place where she's feeling um, her, her skills and her, her passion is being used. With this uh, booth, a lot of what's happening is uh, she takes photographs, and then she'll actually uh, print them onto something like vellum or some other material, cut them out, and then she paints Canvases and makes colors uh, that kind of match the pictures, and then she puts the, the painting, uh, the photo onto the painting so it kind of matches. And, um, and I, I think it's very unique, and, and it's, just, it's great to see. She has this great um, uh, energy when she's there, and people come and they're, and they're engaging her, and she's excited, but she started feeling uneasy this year, and it was, it was hard to see. She had had a great year last year, but this year I don't know what it was. She she was accepted again, but she started feeling really hesitant. She didn't know. She didn't want. She, she didn't know if this was what she she wanted to do. She started wondering if she could bring herself to go there again with the same kind of stuff happening and the same type of techniques, and and it was not easy. It was it was. It felt old to her. It didn't feel old to me. But it did to her. And the more I started struggling with this, the more my own heart started to sink. The interesting thing was that at this exact same time, she had started sketching her notebook. Just drawing, it's called um, a partial blind contour, where you kind of, you, you don't look at the, your hand, you just look at the thing and you, and you draw. And she started doing these sketches. And I could see that she, this was kind of giving her some energy. When she was, uh, wanted to be by herself, she would go and she would start doing this. This is what she'd work on in her spare time for fun. And then she started doing some watercolors on, on them. And, and they t- seemed to me to be something new and fresh and, and unique and beautiful. And so I did the dangerous thing a husband can do. And I said to her, hey, did you ever think of maybe making this the focus for the artist project? She said, yeah, I, I thought about it, but I, I can't. I don't have enough pieces. I've already completed my application. Um, if she if she did want to try again, she'd have to resubmit if it was even possible, and then a whole new jury from a new category would have to look at it and, and accept that. People had already expected what she was coming with. There was all sorts of reasons for her not to do a new thing. There were good reasons. But they didn't address the reality that her heart was just crying out for something new. And that's why I was really proud of her when she actually finally made that difficult decision. When she, she contacted the organizer of the show and said, hey, listen, this is, this is what I, what's happening here. When she actually submitted her new work to the, the judges, biting her fingernails, waiting to hear back. And I was so excited when the jury said yes. When they said, yes, we we like what this is. It it kind of unleashed a whole new engagement on her part. She's now in the studio in the mornings. She's in the studio at nights when I'm going to bed. She's doing a new thing. And you know what? I see God behind it. God is a God who loves new things. God is a God who is ancient, yes. But he is not stuck in the past. Do you ever feel like you're in a, in a bit of a, a rut? You ever feel maybe spiritually dry? Do you feel maybe work is dry or or relationships? Does something in your heart, just like it cry out, I need something new. Let us listen to what God said through the prophet Isaiah. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me. The jackals And the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. This is a beautiful picture of God saying, I want to do something new. I am going to do something new. I've already started doing something new. We have to think of the context of this for a second. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to a people who he has been proclaiming judgment and doom towards. He has told them, that Babylon is going to come and Babylon is going to take them into exile. The northern nation of Israel taken exile, but the, Judah will also be taken into exile. You can imagine it on, on the people's heart here. Like, this is not a, a, a pretty thing. This is not something that I get excited about to hear that, that somehow we're going to be taken out of our homes and dragged to a new land and we're going to be settled there for 70 years. And it's in this context that we hear this promise. But listen, I know the exile is frightening, but I'm doing something new. He promises, but remember that Exodus you remember the time when, when you were in Egypt in slavery and I, and I brought you out of it? I'm going to do something like that again. But it's going to be new. It's going to be fresh. You're going to be coming through the desert. And guess what? what's going to happen? There's going to be, it's going to be really new because part of the, the salvation of the people of Israel from Babylon is going to be this pagan, this guy named Cyrus, who's going to actually be the means for them to return back Home. And ultimately, the second exodus he's proclaiming is actually a picture of the, the new thing he's really going to do, which is this, this third exodus, which is going to be Jesus Christ, God himself, taking on flesh, coming to humanity, giving himself up to them, and freeing them from all the bondage and the power that sin has had over their lives. This is the picture that he's saying to Israel. I am going to do a new thing. I don't know about you, but when I hear this passage, I think, if God's a God who does new things, I want to get me some. I I need me some. It could be in anything. It It could be in different areas of your life. Maybe it's your spiritual life. You're just like, I need, I need, I need something new. I need con- connections. Maybe it's your workplace. You're thinking, ah, I need something there. Maybe you just feel like something in your, your relationship circle, so you need, to, you need something to, to change. But God is the God who loves to do new things and he wants to do new things and he is doing new things. How do we get us? Um, I've been praying about this and looking through this and thinking about this and one of the first things that came very clear to me was that in order for something new to be born, for God to be able to do something new in our lives, it's unfortunate, but we have to start by identifying the pain. Where's this longing coming from? What is the thing... That makes me need newness. For the Israelites, it was the exile. It was the fact that they were going to be far from home, longing to go back. Are you in exile? Is there, is there a part of you where you're feeling like, ugh? Oh. When I spoke about my wife or her, it was just this, this sense of, like, ah, I, I, can't, I can't do this again. It doesn't, it doesn't inspire me. I feel like I'm in a, in a wilderness artistically. What is giving you misgivings? Is there anything in your life where maybe you're being kept up at night? What's keeping you up at night? Maybe you can say to yourself, what what is the hurt that I have that I can't ignore anymore? I need need it to be made new. Where do I need a fresh start, Lord? Maybe you have to ask yourself, do do, do I want a fresh start? We begin there in that that place of recognizing that that pain or that longing and that's when, as we heard Cole even say, that's when, when some, of the, some of those things crack open, maybe through the cracks in the cement, a little shoot. Ever see plants growing in cement? A little shoot can arise. The second thing we need to do is make sure we ask this question, what does God say? Here's my pain. What is God saying about this? Now we know he is saying here to Israel, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Listen, is he, is, he, is he giving you those whispers? One of the things he said is that it springs up. Don't you see it? I think he's, sometimes he's saying things to us in our, in our life. There's little, little nudges, little pushes. Maybe you're my wife down in the basement just drawing pictures that aren't what she's supposed to be doing in her artwork but she's just doing this because this, this is what she loves. Is, is there anything being stirred in your heart already? You're like, oh, wait a second. God's already doing something here. Do you believe that God can bring you a fresh start? Do you Trust that he loves you. And remember what he says at the end of this passage as he's doing this so that he has his chosen people who can proclaim his name. Remember, the thing that God is stirring in your heart, this little little seedling, God wants to show himself through you. So he's not just doing this for you. This new thing is for him. Have you have you put God in a box? This is what God wants for me. This is the things he wants. Do, do, do. I've got it. Have you have you forgot that he might be over here? You have him here, sure. It's good. Got that. But maybe over here. Something else is popping up. You can't you can't hold what God's doing down. The third thing, I think, after being able to look through my pain, ask what God is saying, I have to say to myself, like, what what is holding me back from the new? Do you remember the Israelites when they were coming out? They're like, oh, remember the good food we had in Egypt in our shackles? What am I holding on to that maybe I'm holding on to so tight that I can't accept the new? Maybe what's holding me back is fear. Some of us are afraid of the new. We're late adopters, like, I don't know. So there's actually the new itself that's kind of fearful. I don't know about this. For other of us, this fear of rejection, like, if I send this in and those judges say no, that's going to hurt. Fear of failing. Some of us are better at newness than others. Some of us are so into change that we don't believe we could make anything stick even. So it's like, maybe you're afraid like, oh, this is just another one of these things that I do, it's new, and it's, it's not going to... you get what I'm saying? Maybe we're afraid of trying something new because we've done so many new things, people are just going to like, oh, there's... So-and-so again, off fund the new thing. I wonder how long that will last. Maybe what's holding us back is, is, a, is a pride. Like, ah, if I do this new thing, is that, am I, is that showing people that I think that I failed over here? Ah, maybe, maybe we don't want to admit, oh, I was wrong. I, that didn't work. Maybe we don't want to let people see that we need more, like, I need more. Or maybe what's holding me back is guilt. Maybe it's like, I don't, I don't deserve this. I am not good enough for this. Maybe it's something you've done Maybe it's just like you're like, I, I'm not strong enough for this. I don't feel strong enough. I am not going to be able to do this new thing. I'm not going to be able to, to go there. Maybe you feel like a fake. Do you ever sit in your job and go, like, I, I shouldn't be here? You're looking at your kids like, I do not. I should not be a parent. They're better at that than me. Do you ever ever have those feelings? I would say that when you you ever go back and you read anyone who's done anything great, they all felt inadequate. So we need to to let go of our inadequacies. Because guess what? God is more than adequate. He loves to show his strength through your weakness. That's how he operates. Maybe what's holding you back is circumstances. You're like, well, yeah, I kind of feel like, some ways, like I, I like a new job, but I, I need money. I need to feed my family. Maybe what holds us back is, is soul ties. Our ties, our souls are tied. We ask if if we're putting God in a box. Is, is anyone putting you in a box? Or are you putting yourself in a box around other people? those people who just kind of look, oh, that's your thing there. This new thing, oh, that's not you. Maybe I don't want to lose the comfort of the place that I'm in. I I do, I really want that new thing. But it's too risky. We need to ask what's holding us back and, and maybe offer up to God and say, God, if you want to give me something new, Help me let go of this, this fear, this guilt, this tithe, this circumstance. And that's what the fourth thing I have to, we have to ask is, what am I called to by God? What is God calling me to? Because we have to trust in him. One of the things we need to ask yourself is, is why? Why should I change this? Well, the answer should be so that God gets glory it's because it makes me feel better, you might have to re-examine some of those things. It's okay that it feels better, but is that your motivation? Because if, if it's hard, this new thing, and you start feeling bad, you're going to flip back out of it. What is this new thing God wants to do to me? When am I me? When am I supposed to start this thing? I would say most of the times the answer is, is now. If God wants to do something new in your life, he wants you to start for it. That doesn't mean you take major steps, but he wants you to start thinking about it, praying about it, searching for it. And then we have to ask yourself, how? How does this new thing happen? I think that the, the major way it happens is through prayer. I've been spending this week in prayer with you guys, and I gotta say, Whoa, when you you spend a couple hours a day in prayer, it changes you. It does. It makes you, you have a little bit more peace. You feel trusting God more, less anxious. You hear more. You love others more when you're praying with them. So start this, this prayer and, and, and then we have to start figuring out how do I start adopting the newness, whatever it is. If it's a, maybe the newness is I want uh, to go in this new direction. It might be like I just need a new personal characteristic. It might be like the classic I want to start exercising or it might be uh, I, like I really need to become patient. There's all sorts of levels of newness. It's not always like the biggest grandiose thing. Maybe might be a simple thing of this year God is calling me to learn to be patient which is probably the hardest new thing to learn. Gretchen Rubin writes a book called uh, Better Than Before. What I learned about making and breaking habits to sleep more, quit sugar, procrastinate less, and generally build a happier life. I'm like, I want to do all those things. <laughs> and what was interesting was she, she says this. She says that there's actually four types of people and it has to do with uh, outer expectations and inner expectations, how we're getting motivated. Some of us are more motivated by other people kind of pouring into our life and, you know, deadlines and, and, and we're like, oh, I don't want to let them down. Other people are more motivated by their, their inner side. And she says the first group of people are the upholders. They respond to both. They, the inner and the outer, they're like, I'm going to uphold this. A lot of us are jealous of you. The next is the questioners. These are people who question all expectations. They'll meet an expectation or do something if if it makes sense to them. So they have to have an an answer to it. The third is is the, the rebels. They resist all expectations, inner or outer. They're probably resisting even calling them rebels right now. And the third are the obligers. These are the fourth, or the obligers. They meet outer expectations. Like they, they want to oblige to you, but it's harder for them. They struggle with their own. And so what she argues is that we need to each come up with different strategies depending on who we are. And I don't have a lot of time um, to work through all this, but, but there are a few strategies I thought were really interesting. One is a strategy of clarity. Say myself, God's been putting in my heart, like He wants me to pray more this year. And I always feel like he's like, no, you need, you need to make this year of prayer. You can't let that kind of slip. It's got to keep going. And so one of the things is, is the clarity of, I can't just say, I want to pray more. I need to make my goal a little sharper than that. I'm going to pray at this time for half an hour every day or an hour every day. So, so there's a clarity around it. Otherwise, it's just kind of nebulous. We wonder, wow, well, oh, I never got that done. I didn't, oh, I didn't pray more. I need to make that a little closer. There's the strategy of scheduling. Putting my prayer times into my Google Calendar. Ding, ding, ding. The strategy of convenience. Part of it is, hey, why don't you make this thing you're trying to do more convenient to you? So, like, I'm going to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and pray. Ah, it's probably not going to happen very well, right? I'm going to pray on the go train to work. Hmm work for me because I don't have a co-train, but in the car, driving to work. The strategy of a clean slate, this is this idea of, like, just attaching this to a major life change. How can I fit this into a bigger picture? There's a strategy of monitoring, just making sure that I check back in. Hey, have I kept up on this stuff? And the final one is, especially for obligers, a strategy of accountability. Have I talked to anyone who's going to come in and check in with me and say, okay, this is going to be happening? The final strategy I thought was really interesting is a strategy from looking for loopholes. Do you ever make loopholes on your things that you're trying to make new in your life? Maybe look ahead for those loopholes and cut them off at the past. Because you kind of know in the back of your head, you know already the ways in which you will get around this new thing in your life. And again, I just say, bathe this whole thing in prayer. This has to be centered in God. If God's stirring in your heart something new, it can be done. He, He wants to make a fresh start. I just want to throw this out there. It's not too late. It's not too late. Whatever stage in life you are, if you have a passion that God's stirring you, it's not too late for that. He's a God of new things. These people who are facing an exile are like, God's like, but I'm going to bring you here. This is going to happen. There's still going to be a new freshness in your life. And I want to throw a little note on this because it's been something that's been in my own life the last little while. And It's the whole idea of living while waiting for the new. It's not always easy in that time between when you know there's this new thing he's calling to you, but you don't, you don't, you're, you're still at a spot where you have to wait for it to, to complete. You have this divine restlessness. God is kind of saying to you, oh, I want to take you here, but, but you got to wait a little bit. If you're there, I just want to encourage you, to stick close to God in this moment. Hold on to him. Keep pouring your, your heart out to him because he loves to do new things and he'll show you when the time is right. And he'll allow it to flourish, and to, to burst into flower at the right moment. Now, this verse is actually written to a community, so I just wanted to quickly address us as a church, too. Because in some ways, we've been in this moment, this place, right, this living while waiting for the new. And it's not easy. And sometimes was like, let's just stop talking about it. And, but I feel like God is really impressing upon all of us that he's, he's bringing us to something new. He's working it, and this is his doing, and and he's asking us to, to wait with him. I hear him saying, I'm about to do a new thing. So we're trusting God. He's slowly but surely helping clarify this. He's making it clearer and clearer. And I'm just looking forward for the time when we're like, here's the new thing. This is what God is doing, this is where he's bringing us. It's coming, he's speaking. His people are thirsty, and he says, I have streams of water. I'm going to make this wilderness a place where the owls and the jackals are like, thank you for the river of water. I'm really confident, and I just say, let's keep praying. We don't want to let go now, right? So what area of your life is feeling a little dry, where you just need a fresh start? I challenge you to take that home with God today. The reason is cuz I think God's always wanting new things. Again, it could be a really big life-changing like I'm going to go in this new brand new direction with my career, or it could be as simple as like ah, love my wife better. This is the way God works, but he's calling us always to new things. He doesn't want us to sit in a spiritual rut. If we're feeling dry, if we feel like maybe we're in a, a, a spiritual life, you just feel like you're on a treadmill and it doesn't God wants to wake it up. He wants to uh, stir up something new. He wants to do a new thing in your heart. He wants to teach you something new. He wants to give you new experiences of his love. This is who he is. You may feel like you're in the desert, but he provides water in the desert. You may feel like you are lost, but he provides a way through the wasteland. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Everything we needed, his hand has provided. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Now, the Lord's Supper is the sign, symbol, foretaste of the new covenant the new way in which God has decided to deal with humanity, that as we come to him through Jesus, through his death on the cross, as we ask for the forgiveness of sins, as we ask for the release of the bondage of sins, that this is how God operates. Through Jesus, he gives new life. I don't know about you. Sometimes it doesn't feel so new. Sometimes I come to the table and I take a piece of bread and I drink it. It just feels like I've done this before. I want to just ask you to take a moment before you come and pray to God. Ask him, Lord, let me meet you new today. Let me feel your presence anew, I pray. This is an opportunity every time we come and gather and we come to the table as a family. God offers us a chance for a new taste of his grace. Let's pray. Holy God, we are so thankful that you are a God of newness, of freshness, that your heart is always stirring, that you want to give us a new experience of yourself. So we bring to you today all those things that are holding us back, our fears, anger, shame. God, would you take those and wash them away? Allow us to be open to what you are already doing, the new thing you're already showing us that you want to do in our life. Would you open that up for each of us as we receive the bread and the cup today. I ask that you would open up our hearts and give us a new taste, a new experience of your grace. Would you show us what it is that you want to do in our lives and we'd be open to it, Lord God, and allow your spirit to pour in and work this out. We are looking forward to the new things that you are up to. Amen.